0: Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's gratitude blooming theme?
1: It is card number 23, the cosmos flower representing balance.
0: And what is the prompt related to this card of balance? Which, by the way, this flower won the lottery on best name of a flower. <laughs>
1: I love this prompt. It says, what are you balancing in your life? How can you find beauty in times of both harmony and paradox?
0: And so this is going to be a delightful conversation. We have as a guest this week, Georgina Miranda, who I met many moons ago in the world of real estate. She then went on to become an avid climber. She has summited or she's climbed Mount Everest twice. She's got a goal to, I think, summit a, a mountain on every continent and really is also been grounded as an entrepreneur and an inspirational speaker in that space, for particularly for small businesses. And so just how she thinks about balance is going to be a fascinating perspective just because she takes such great lessons from the mountain and really sort of being grounded in something that's very difficult by design. Like she chooses to find these mountains and all the gear and the resources that it takes. And one of the fascinating lessons that she shares with us is that when you set out to climb a mountain, you actually climb it three times. You go up three times and each time you're going a little bit higher And you're then coming back down, you're sort of acclimating. And so I just love that as a practice. Sometimes we think about achievement and we're like, oh, I just got to go straight to the top. And then anytime you don't go straight to the top, it's like, ah, that didn't work out. Whereas like, oh, no, it actually takes a practice and going down is part of that practice as well. And so I think there's just some amazing lessons that she's going to share with us today.
1: And Arlene, I'm so curious, as you look at the art with the cosmos and you've been adding more shape and colors, what is this plant telling you today in this moment?
2: Yeah, well, this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit differently that was inspired by this, not only the drawing of the cosmos and the word that I paired with it like a long time ago, balance but it's a memory of these flowers floating in the wind. So let me share this poem inspired by the cosmos and the theme balance. Joyful dancers of the wind, swaying north then south from sea to land. Unbothered by the moving patterns, the cosmos flowers float in balance. Our world is as wild as the wind, Lives intersecting lives in all directions and in between. The whole idea of balance seems to demand the space where opposites and contradictions can dance with grace. It's the paradox, the dance of love. Light and shadow, yin and yang, order and chaos, even red and blue in America these days. And balance is never about choosing one or the other, but learning to navigate it all together. Watching the cosmos float in the air makes the connection between balance and time clear. What if we start with an awareness arising out of the rhythm of our breath, that feeling of steadiness, moving with time in a forward flow, like riding a bicycle, where our confidence can slowly grow. So let the cosmos be our reminder that balance is not a single point or place, but a continuous progression of moving moments we face. The opposing forces here to teach us the work of our lifetime, how to keep moving, how to let go, so we can dance joyful and free the fear of falling a distant memory.
0: Here's to dancing. (laughs) I, I feel like when we look at balance through the lens of dancing, then all of a sudden it's just there's a rhythm to it. There's a movement to it. Balance isn't about kind of standing on that balance beam and being worried about falling off, but it's just like, no, how do I sort of recognize that I can move? And that is part of the experience.
1: I love how you made the fear of falling not so heavy with this sense of freedom from the air. And I love that the plants that you illustrated, there's the four cosmos flowers, and they almost feel like they're uh, traveling together, floating up into the air. And there's a real lightness there, which sometimes when you think about navigating paradox, it does not feel Light at all, it feels heavy and hard, and you're balancing that energy with the lightness of joy and and the air the flowers kind of floating up in the air
0: for those who are new to listening to our podcast, and there's a lot of you, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I think we just moved from top five percent of podcasts to the top three percent of podcasts in the world. And we just found we're like in the top 10 categories for both nature and gratitude. And each week, as we talk about the art from Arlene Kim Suda, who you just heard a poem from, you can find all of the art on our website, gratitudeblooming.com forward slash podcast. More than anything, we appreciate you being here and just the opportunity to share really what we think are these conversations and stories that we don't hear enough of. And I'd love for you to also, in the show notes, we're going to have a survey link because we want to hear from you. And there's a bunch of new folks. And so it'd be great to kind of hear what is resonating and what we'd love to hear more of.
1: And I love every week we get a chance to amplify a story of someone who is learning to balance something In their lives, so many of our guests embody these virtues from the plants and it's not an easy journey. And how often do we get to hear the hard stuff, the things that happened that led to someone having that big awareness or creating something amazing in the world? It's there is so much of that climbing up and down the mountain three times, like you said, Omar. And it was just wonderful to hear Georgina Miranda's story. Of being a Latina woman really advocating for the rights of women globally. And it was interesting because a lot of the clips that we're going to share with you all are stories of mountaineering and how did that even happen for her? As well as how do you navigate your own business that is stems from a passion? and a deep sense of purpose, which is not easy to do. It's not easy to sustain. So we're going to introduce Georgina just with a story of how did she even get into mountaineering and what happened? What led her on her path to where she is now from that, that tiny little experience taking a rock climbing class <laughs> while she was working <laughs> nine to
3: five? I got curious about climbing Anything due to a lack of balance. <laughs> so I was in my early, like mid twenties. I was finishing probably my last year of my MBA at Loyola Marymount University. I was working full time in corporate America, which I wasn't happy in. I knew that was going to shift. My MBA was with a focus in entrepreneurship and international business, and I needed something to get my mind off of work and books. <laughs> and so I signed up for an indoor rock climbing class. And that was my first experience of maybe, you know, looking back, maybe that was my first experience of mindfulness of going with a group of strangers. Uh, it was called like hang something, hang or something in El Segundo rock climbing gym. And just for like an hour and a half, learning something new, And being totally out of my comfort zone, because I've never been athletic, quote unquote. (laughs) And a lot of the other people that I remember from that class were the same. They were like lawyers, overworked, stress lawyers. Like we were all just kind of like, I just want a little bit of fun. (laughs) and Just I don't really want to use my mind. I just really want to be here. And so that was back in like 2005 and so i never ever imagined that from that indoor rock climbing class that i would become a mountaineer and go scale the highest mountains in the world <laughs> i couldn't even run a mile back then so it was purpose that led me to mountaineering because i wanted to raise awareness around gender-based violence and after spending a lot of time in the mountains. And in nature, I realize that there's a very strong connection between the divine feminine and divine Mother Earth. And so the activism has evolved into protecting both of those things or sharing, creating awareness around both of those topics. It's been a big lesson around balance as to how do you train and have balance on the mountain because you have to. If you're not present, you're not going to probably survive. (laughs) You need to be fully there. And then balance in the state of the world. You start peeling the layers of the onion. And I started raising awareness around gender-based violence in Democratic Republic of Congo, because at one point that was the rape capital of the world. But the minute you start digging a little deeper, you see that, there are those capitals all over them, and it's a hard topic to talk about and you see the lack of balance for women for equality at a very extreme level and so yeah it's it's been it's been a fascinating journey.
1: you never know what's gonna happen when you just take one step forward <laughs> and I can relate to her feeling burnt out and just wanting to get out of her head. So much of I think this podcast and Arlene, you and Omar and I are trying to unpack is also just how do we move forward in our lives
0: (laughs) and have fun
1: (laughs) and have a good time and It's so fascinating to watch how other people navigate that paradox of like, oh, this is really hard. This isn't quite working. Okay, I'm going to go out and take a class. And then just by shifting out of your normal perspective on your life, so much can open up and then all these opportunities can arise. And I just love how organic that path has been for her.
0: She... uh talks about climbing that mountain and if you're not present, you might not survive. And then she laughs, right? Like, and it's a very stark, like, that's not actually a joke. He's like, no, people die all the time trying to climb these mountains. And so to intentionally put yourself into harm's way, but in some ways by doing so you recognize how important it is to be present how important it is to pay attention because you are in danger. And so, but you don't, you can actually move through danger safely if you're present. And I love that she said purpose brought her to mountaineering, right? Like what is that cause that why that really helped her kind of have such a clear vision and marry two very different things.
1: What was that point in her life that kind of took her, out of her status quo and into the life of having her own business and really like being in her own wild truth, which is something that she spoke a lot to us
3: about. I say that entrepreneurship is one of the hardest mountains to climb. And I say that every entrepreneur is an honorary mountaineer climber times a million, (laughs) And I'm very transparent, like Mount Everest definitely tested me. Denali tested me. Highest peak in North America. I I almost died on Everest the first time. But in nowhere have any mountain I ever climbed been the hardest mountain, like any real mountain, right? It's been these life mountains, these mountains life has chosen to throw at me that have been the hardest mountains. And so, yeah, I bring that up because with entrepreneurship, Sometimes you think you have a plan and the grand vision and you do have it. But again, like there's things out of your control that happen. And like one of my businesses, the business before ventures, I ended up closing because we couldn't get venture funding. It was an adventure lifestyle platform for women adventurers and travelers. It was really trying to address all the missing pieces I'd seen in the outdoor industry and everything else. And well... You know, I was doing the work of like 12 people holding down a full time job as a consultant, trying to raise money, like using my own money to fund all of this. And eventually there was this implosion point where, you know, your body, all the think of like a car when the engine lights going off and you check engine. Right. And you're like, OK, I could check it, ah, oh, but it's probably fine. I'll get home. And then the next day you get in it and you're like, ah. Oh, probably fine to get me to the office and you just keep going until one day the car just like literally blows up or something happens, which that also happened. <laughs> I, like, I say the story, but that actually also happened like right on the verge of like my burnout and closing everything. So yeah, I had all these signs and like going back to balance. There was no balance. There was a obsessive focus on a goal of like, I will make this business successful I will make this mountaineering part of my life successful. I will like it will just happen, you know, and that is part of losing, loosening your grip or learning the hard way. I think, like I say, life will give you lessons and they get a little harder if you don't listen. And so life is like, all right, you are a hard headed person. So we're going to actually have to pull everything from you. For you to actually get it and rebalance.
0: What did that look like? What was that moment?
3: I think the main moment was that triggered the, the you can't, you've known this for years, but you actually have to stop, was me driving to an investor meeting in Oakland from San Francisco at the time where I was living. I'm crossing the Bay Bridge. This engine light in my car, I had just taken it to the mechanic. So I was like, nothing can really be wrong because I just took it to the mechanic like two weeks ago. The car starts blowing smoke from the engine really bad. I'm in the middle of the Bay Bridge. I'm like, oh, my God, the car is literally going to explode. I just need to get off the bridge. I pull off and the car is doing crazy things. And I'm like, I have to make it to my investor meeting. So I leave it. I'm like, it's not on fire. It's fine. Call an Uber. Go to my meeting. Apologize for being late. (laughs) Don't really get into the details of why till after. Take an Uber back to the car, call a tow truck. Go to my, on the way to the mechanic, the tow truck driver. He's like, I don't know what you do for a living, but whatever you do, you know, you're going to make it. He's like, because I don't know if he realized you could have died today. And he just laid it out for me because he could tell that i was so focused on all the other things that were on my calendar that day and he was like hold on lady let's just have a come to jesus moment for a minute and i gave notice on my apartment the next day and just started putting all the pieces of like exiting mm-hmm. that whole yep. that whole thing
0: exiting the rat race it's you know it's like hey what signs do we need in that I love what she just said about life gives us lessons and those lessons become harder if we don't listen. And so it's just like, what is it going to take for you to make those choices about like what's really important and how to prioritize what you're here for?
1: And how much is too much? You know, sometimes I feel like I love the wisdom of the dandelion in our card deck. That's all about tenacity and resilience. And it takes time, it takes effort to so nurture what you love. And I feel like this card of the cosmos is kind of counterbalancing that, which is if something is constantly a struggle, it's not right. It's not in harmony. What are you doing? And I think as an overachiever or ha- someone who's had an or- overachieving orientation Omar you and I talk about that all the time it's hard to stop it's hard to say like okay i've got to i've just got to call it quits and how do you ever know cuz you always feel like oh maybe there's just one more push i got to do or this mission is too important the kids are going to not do well in school if i'm not there supporting teachers and But then you get to this spiral of, like, it's never enough. There's just always so much more to do until your body just, like, shuts down.
0: Yeah, we are definitely classic recovering overachievers. And I just started listening to this new book called Second Mountains by David Brooks. And it's for those folks who looked at life as a mountain – and climbed whatever that peak was, education, job, income, family, whatever your metrics of success were, often sort of externally validated. And you went to the top of the mountain. And then you realize like, oh, wait, this is what (laughs) success looks like. It doesn't feel so good. And some people decide to stay. Some people never get there for whatever reasons. And for those, though, who intentionally achieve that and then decide to go down the mountain and find that second mountain, that second mountain of purpose, that second mountain of like whole, like, how can I live a more whole life, a holistic life? And so I've really been appreciating Georgina's story about literally climbing mountains and this metaphor of second mountains for those who are like, OK, what really matters? Where? Where do I really want to take my steps each
2: day?
1: And the humility that comes with summiting a mountain like Everest, she literally says, I almost died. And it's like when you do something so physical like that, you almost have to be surrendering to the fact that you might not get there. It doesn't matter how long you've trained, how prepared you are. And it's such a good metaphor for life success is not guaranteed just because I care or I try so hard. And it's such a humbling surrendering process of acceptance. And I love when she kind of unpacks that as well and kind of weaves that into her mountaineering
3: metaphor. The big mountains you usually climb them about three times before you actually ever go to the summit. Cause you have to acclimate to the lack of oxygen. And so you're learning every single rotation up there. You're learning how your body's responding to weather, to different things, to even food, to everything. And so you're using every rotation as an opportunity to like improve on the next one and hopefully make it a bit more enjoyable and just. And so there's an acceptance of that process. You're going to go to X elevation. You're going to go all the way back down. And then you're going to do it again. You're going to go all the way back down. And when you're climbing like 8000 meter peaks, sometimes you even go all the way back down to like a valley area, even like lower than the base camp. Just to let your body absorb more oxygen, eat proper food and absorb the calories properly and all these things. And, yeah, as an entrepreneur, like you don't want to do that. <laughs> you just want to get to the finish line. And because there's so much at risk. Like, usually it's time and money and sleep and a lot of other things. Right. And maybe other people. Right. Because you have the team to look after and you need to get the company to a certain point by a certain time. So, yeah, I think that the more we can build that into our process of. It's not a failure, it's a reiteration, it's a learning. And especially when you're doing things that haven't been done before or you haven't done it before, You know, it's a bit unrealistic sometimes to expect, but you're going to just figure it all out perfect on the first go. And if you look at any successful entrepreneur, they haven't. They've had loads of times that they had to go back to base camp, so to speak.
0: I think one of the things I, as a serial entrepreneur, I always was very risk-tolerant and I would be willing to jump into fields that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know anything about real estate when I started real estate. I didn't know anything about finance before I went into finance. I didn't know anything about the L.A. River when I started working on the L.A. River. And, and so I just sort of believed, like, oh, okay, I don't know anything. It's okay, I don't know anything. Just dive in, figure it out. But what I also didn't realize was how much fear I was holding to, and so it was just—it's been this strange sort of thing. Be like, oh, I have a high risk tolerance, but I also have a huge amount of fear, and so it's like you're chasing after these things to sort of get whatever done done. But there's so much fear in that adrenaline, and over time, that that has just like a hugely taxing sort of. There's a cost to that. And so, part I think in this second mountain that I'm now climbing is like, it's okay. I don't know how things are going to go. I still have a decent risk tolerance. But it's also, I don't, how do I not act out of fear? How do I act out of love? Right? How do I act out of purpose, not sort of just about sort of getting the thing done? And it's really been appreciating learning that balance as an entrepreneur is like risk and fear. And how to like embrace those things in a different way.
1: Yeah, and so much of it too is is letting go of an old identity to claim a new one. I mean, we've been talking about this as a team, you know, we're three very well educated Asian American people who could basically work a great job and do really well climbing that ladder, and we each. Stepped, went back down to base camp and and tried to find another path. And Arlene, I mean, one of the paths you've taken that many of our listeners don't know is that you used to do product management, which is how we started working together, working on a wellness app to kind of really harness that background that you had. And and I'm curious how you claimed. The identity of an artist, which is not something that's very easy to do. And it takes a lot of courage and strength and clarity. That's your purpose.
2: Yeah, I love the concept of the second mountain. And now I'm also wondering, yeah, is there a third mountain, (laughs) you know, based on Georgina's experience, really? So I don't know that I have an answer. But what I love the metaphor of going back down to base camp and it does seem like there is something about time too in this all right like i feel like what i really felt in the word in the theme of balance and the cosmos i really felt like they had this lesson of time it takes time and i think that's coming up in a lot of the stories that you're sharing today is that it takes time right to climb up a mountain three times right so i feel like um if you set, you know, the intention to like be moved in all your actions from your heart, i think that time kind of gives you the ability to, you know, make that happen.
1: And i almost see your journey less as a climb because i feel like what i've watched you do over the years is allow, which is very different than Efforting up a mountain, like you, you've just watched it. You've just devoted your time. You sketched a hundred plants for a hundred days that inspired the gratitude blooming card deck to happen. You didn't worry about calling it art or yourself as an artist or this as the art. You just kind of were moving forward with the things that were in front of you. So that's another beautiful way to navigate that. You know, I feel like there's like flow in that. Maybe it's just going down a. River And letting the current take you. And what is that base camp for each of us in our lives when we have a moment of disappointment, or something doesn't go our way. And I appreciate how real Georgina is about that. Like, she had to close the business that she was so passionate about. And it took the car literally going almost exploding for her to stop and It was, I really appreciate also how she then shares her personal practice of how, what is base camp for her at home when she is navigating any kind of disappointment or difficult emotion that comes up along the journey. Because that's kind of you sign up for that. You know, I feel like the three of us as entrepreneurs together have signed up for this kind of unknown journey that we know is going to have some challenges along the way.
3: I think one of the hardest things when you're suffering of any kind, you might be suffering because you didn't get what you wanted. So I'm a meditator. I, I'm always grateful to teachers like Thich Nha Khan, who would, they like, taught me how to learn from my suffering. Um, Because recovering from burnout and all these things after, like, took years process. It's not like, oh, snap, you're done. There's always a gift in it. And I think that that's advice. I would give people is to like sit with your disappointment, with your suffering, with your pain, whatever it is, and like let it, well, one, feel it, because we're conditioned not to feel these things. Like really feel it. I have no shame in saying that part of my spiritual practice sometimes could be sitting on my yoga mat and meditating and just letting the tears flow, because that's what's happening that day. And it serves no one to hold that back. And I don't think people give themselves enough time to, like, also grieve their loss or grieve the expectation that didn't happen. Like, that's that deserves its own process, just as much as the celebration would, you know, that Omar, like we said, we celebrate the summit. We don't have anything to honor when that doesn't happen. And so I think that this whole process. All the challenges, let's say, over life, because there's been many, have been to teach me how to create ritual and, and process, like honor those things as sacred also. It's not just when everything works out how you want it. And so, yeah, I mean, all of this obviously has evolved me as a human and taught me a lot of things that I never knew I was going to sign myself up for. I, I always joke, I'm like, i signed up for a rock climbing class, not like these life mounts. I've been helping people through change and transformation of every shape and size for almost two decades. And that's the reality. Like I used to do it solely from like the business standpoint. People, process, technology, change, transformation. But that's just one part of it. Right. There's the consciousness that has to change. There's the awareness piece that I say awareness drives change. And I feel like that's always what's missing in business is that that's the opportunity now is to help people elevate consciousness because that's what we need. That's what's going to change the world. Not one person's going to change the world. Be so nice, but that's not going to happen. It's all of us. And we can't change if we don't have awareness.
0: I love rituals about not getting to the summit. Like what does that ritual look like? The the ritual of, You took that first step of even dreaming of climbing the mountain. You took that ritual of setting up base camp. You took that ritual of starting to climb. You took that ritual. There's all these moments. And this is where I feel like the practice of gratitude is so often we don't. It's usually actually the small things that we remember, not the big things. And like if I think about people who I appreciate It may oftentimes just have been someone turning around and smiling or a pat on the back. It just, it is these little moments that we actually tend to like savor in different ways. And so I just, I really appreciate how we then, as Regina says, bring awareness to that, right? Like how do we bring our awareness to these? I don't like to call them small things. I like to call them specific things. Right? Like it's those specific moments that then actually my favorite Ysaro tribal quote, like knowledge is just a rumor until it's felt in the bones. And it's like, what are those moments that we feel in our bones that are really those little truths?
1: I appreciate her just really unpacking what it looks like for her to be in her center. Cause I imagine that sitting on that mat and really feeling all of the suffering in her work, witnessing other people suffering, advocating for women in the world, and then her own personal challenges as an entrepreneur, just like, how do you take the time to be with all of that? Because oftentimes you don't. When I'm in the go, go, go moment, I'm not stopping to pause. And, and she's just from such, you know, reminding us of that. And then making that connection to her work with organizations and businesses that that change doesn't happen without the awareness and how do you have the awareness you have to take the pause to notice what is going on really inside
0: with my daughters as you know we always say this is a moment of suffering suffering is a part of life be kind be compassionate and I just I've always this is a mantra that we've repeated together for probably at least eight years now. And it's just this reminder, like this moment of suffering, it's OK. We're going to acknowledge this is a difficult, right? Like you're not like if you're on the mountain and the storm is coming, you, you don't benefit by ignoring the storm, right? Like, OK, a storm is coming. There's like it is really cold or whatever the physical environment is. Suffering is a part of life. This isn't unique. It is not happening just to me, right? Like it is not, I don't have just this rain cloud walking over me.
1: So as we start to gradually wind down to our closing practice, I wanted to just share one final clip of Georgina really summarizing what is her work in the world now, this 20-year journey that she's been on as a mountaineering person, a guide for others, an entrepreneur. And I just love the way she kind of summarizes it in this last clip as we kind of prepare for our practice at the end of this episode.
3: So my big thing right now is wild truth. That's what I see elevated. Consciousness to me means wild truth. I always say the mountains brought out my wild truth, which I think is tied to the divine feminine because like so many women. And people, it's not just women, but, you know, hide parts of themselves for whatever reason. Maybe it's not even socially accepted. Maybe there could be severe consequences for. And so but when you are able to do that, that's when like really changes. And I think everybody wins. You're happy and you're like sharing your magic. Uncultivated and uncensored. So as we just really integrate
1: all of the wisdom from the cosmos plant, the theme and virtue of balance and Georgina's story. I invite you to just take some time this week to go to your base camp. So what is that place in your home or out in nature that helps you really feel grounded and centered in yourself and just Visit that place to get quiet and notice if there's any paradox in you that you're struggling with. Maybe it is a disappointment or something that's just really hard right now in a relationship or in what you're working on. And just allow yourself to find your center. With that paradox and feel and allow the
2: emotions to be named and connected to. Just taking that moment to pause, be aware, come back to our center can really help us kind of navigate the next way forward without reacting or pushing beyond our capacity. I'd love to hear how this practice lands for you. So I'd love to
1: hear from you at hello at gratitudeblooming.com. And Omar and Arlene, I'm curious if anything comes up for you in terms of your personal paradox or anything that you're sitting with
2: with this practice Well, my own personal practice as an artist on how to deal with that loss of maybe grieving of something that you expect is i've learned to I've learned to see everything in the creative process, whether it succeeds or fails. So this is like the not summiting thing as part of the whole, it's the negative space that holds the thing that you see as the positive space. It's like they don't exist without each other. And I think it's one of the greatest gifts I've gotten from my practice as an artist is noticing the negative space.
0: I love the NADA summit practice. (laughs) That's so great. And I just think that it's been about appreciating how to hold my energy. I think oftentimes I was chasing and it was about setting things up and backwards planning and And there's a lot of energy expended on pursuing. And I think more and more I've just been like, how do I hold what is true within and allow the opportunity to reveal itself, right? Like how do I be that sailor and let the ocean move underneath me versus like, oh, I've got to go chase and find that island. Like how do I let the island come to me?
1: We love hearing your wild truth, Omar, and sometimes it can't be a truth until we take the time to really accept and receive and name that which is for us.
0: Thank you, Belinda, for the practice. Thank you again to all of our listeners, new and old. Please check out the survey link in the show notes. We want to hear from you and really how do we continue to make this conversation something resonant in the world. So thank you.
2: Cheers.
0: Cheers.